Hi, this is Matt Stanton, and you're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, big show! Jackie Cashian, hilarious stand-up comedian and a host of the podcast The Dork Forest, tells us just how far she'll go into the Dork Forest. Like, because I'm willing to hang out with almost anyone, but there are, there are parts of the dork forest that I am unwilling to enter into. That, and we have some fun with guns, but first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Giant Burmese pythons established themselves across thousands of square miles of Florida's Everglades in the past few years, where outdoor workers are now routinely finding them. The state had held out hopes that bays, inlets, and open seas would form a natural barrier, keeping the non-native snakes, often discarded pets, from spreading to the Florida Keys and beyond. But that might not be the case now. Actor Samuel L. Jackson, who is vacationing in Florida, has been particularly upset. After getting $100 million in her divorce from Tiger Woods, former model Ellen Nordergen bought a house a $12 million house that was hers and not the one she shared with Tiger Woods. And then she decided she didn't like it and demolished the entire thing, but only after telling Tiger, uh, yeah, I think I saw some of your crap. It's, uh, it's right inside there. Why don't you go in and grab it? Pittsburgh quarterback Ben Roethlisberger empathizes with Denver Broncos quarterback Tim Tebow as the young Tebow prepares for his first NFL playoff start against the Steelers this weekend. It's probably tough for him to deal with all that stuff, Roethlisberger said of the Tebow media hype, adding it's got to be tough for the young quarterback and his teammates to handle the all-Tebow all the time on TV. Every time you turn it on, you see something about Tebow. I can only imagine what it's like for his teammates. Roethlisberger said this to the Denver Post without the slightest trace of irony. President Obama stated this week that we are starting to rebound. Although he wasn't referring to the economy, instead he was referring to his hometown Chicago Bulls, who are currently 6-1 in the NBA Central Division and putting some room between themselves and the Indiana Pacers. And that's been Fake News with me. So it happened again. Uh, I was racking my brain trying to figure out what kind of bit can I do for this week's show. Looking on the USA Today, I'm looking all over. I uh, didn't really mean to go to Facebook as a resource, but I just happened to click on it to check out what was going on. And I saw this. 18-year-old Sarah McKinley killed a man, she says, to protect her three-month-old baby. The teen mother killed the 24-year-old intruder the second he stepped inside. Police call the shooting justified. I'm sure you've seen that story. That was uh, from Good Morning America, that clip. It was also on NBC Nightly News the following day. And uh, it ended up in my Facebook feed because a Facebook friend who loves guns uh, posted it and was very happy about uh, the story. And uh, I guess in a way, I, I can see why. But see, I think the reason it resonates with someone like me, a parent, is not because she shot the guy so much as she was a young mom protecting her kid. And it's even a more tragic angle. She's a widow. Her husband died on Christmas Day of cancer. Holy cow. So these two goons try to break into her uh, into her house, and she has a shotgun. And uh, she kills the one dude, the other dude uh, wisely surrenders, and now he actually is going to be charged with first-degree murder for being an accomplice and getting his buddy killed. Got no problem with any of that. The only uh, debate I have with the gun folks is that uh, if we didn't have handguns, people wouldn't get killed by handguns. City of Toronto, Canada, 2.48 million people, has 26 handgun murders in 2011. Compare that to Chicago, a city of almost the exact same size, had just over 300 handgun murders. But the problem is, and this is the reason I don't get into the debate with the gun control or any of that, is because you'll never get the guns back. The guns are already out there. You're never going to get that genie back into the bottle. So I don't even bother. 
father. All I'm asking is everybody just be careful. Uh, you know, the NRA always says we promote responsible gun ownership. Great. Let's make sure everyone's doing that. And I think everything will be just fine. And uh, although a lot of people below the post were really, really excited uh, that, th that these guys got shot. And again, I think they're more excited that they were able to use a gun to kill somebody than the fact that a mom was protecting her kid. And I try to point out these things don't always have a happy ending. 84-year-old Charles Foster lives in the home right behind me. Police say he shot and killed 75-year-old Ed Stevens of Hamilton. Police say Stevens broke into Foster's home and assaulted him. But the real tragedy is that Stevens' family members say that he suffered from dementia and he thought he was at his sister-in-law's home who lives right next door. Whoops. Uh, if you listen to the rest of the video, it actually is a lot more damning against the, the poor gentleman with uh, dementia and Alzheimer's because he actually was physically attacking the homeowner with a board with a nail in it and it was just going crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen the, to the shooter, and it is just a tragic situation. But, again, people just seemed really happy that somebody got shot. And when I tried to bring this up on the Facebook string, people were like, oh, well, the guy didn't know, so he, he, if someone's attacking me, I'm going to shoot him in my house. Well, okay, yeah, I get that. But, again, and can't we just all calm down and just be, you know, a little more careful? You know, I don't know what the, the guy there in Hamilton, Ohio would have done. I mean, he was almost in the same situation as the young lady in Oklahoma City. He didn't know. I'm just saying there's no need to be so happy about this. Well, uh, one of the fellows in the Facebook string wasn't having any of it. I brought up uh, the fact that I knew somebody in law enforcement who recently had someone break into his house and uh, in a fairly nice neighborhood uh, down there in the uh, southern part of the United States. And uh, he was in law enforcement, drew his gun, uh, this gal broke in his kitchen window, apparently she was uh, high on drugs, presumably going to burgle the place to get more drug money. He did not fire, he was able to subdue her in another manner, and she was taken off to jail. Now, in the same situation, first of all, I'm too chicken to have a gun, but if I did, I, I would have I shot, hell, you don't know. So again, but I wouldn't have been happy about it. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a last resort thing. And thankfully, my friend was able to, uh, you know, to, to subdue the intruder by another means. Still, nope, still wouldn't have any of it. Now, you gotta, if someone comes to your house, you got to shoot him, period. So then I proposed the question. I said, you know, look, I've, uh, because I, I, another posting a couple months ago, someone had posted a thing where a woman shot a guy that was going to carjack the car. Again, someone's breaking into your car. You've got a baby in there. Mm, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, I said, you know, I've, I have a car that's uh, kind of identical to a lot of other cars in the suburb that I live in. There's at least, I think, three or four cars that look exactly like mine. And I was at the uh, grocery store. This happened just last week. And the car was parked opposite me on the other side of the row of cars. And I walked over to the other car, lifted the door handle, put my key in. I'm thinking, why isn't my, my key's not working? Oh, my key's busted. Not my car. So I asked him, I said, you know, what if someone would have been in there and thought I was trying to carjack him? Should he have shot me? And the guy says, yes, <laughs> I should have been shot. Um, let me see here. It says, if someone is sitting in the car and you are trying to break into it, yes, you need to be shot for carjacking. <laughs> Holy crap. Are you out of your mind? So, uh, this guy also goes on to say that if someone tries to break into his house, uh, he apparently lives in Texas, he's going to uh, shoot the guy and then have a big party. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what that party would be like. Hey, Jimbo, great party. What's the occasion again? All these crooks tried to bust into the house here, so I was done and shot him. Good job. Was he a druggie or a legal? Ditto, call me, I think. Had a brown uniform and said UPS. That's got to be some kind of a commie thing, or fascist. Yeah, commie, fascist, same thing. Like President Obama, Nazi von Communist Muslim not born here. 
and he had a box that said Amazon on it. Now that's clean over in Africa, so you know he was up to no good around these parts. You hear that? Yeah, what do you reckon it is? Hello? Anyone home? Clem, you get the door. Okay, here goes. Hi, I've got two large peas. You got them, Jimbo. Woo! The big interview today is with Jackie Cation. She's a hilarious stand-up comedian and host of her own podcast, The Dork Forest. Highly recommended. Here's our interview with Jackie. Okay, joining us on PF's Tape Record today, it's comedian Jackie Cation, also the host of the wonderful podcast, The Dork Forest. Jackie, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks. I like this direct Skype connection. Wow, this is great. Usually we do this uh, Skype to phone and it sounds awful. Oh, right. Um, I, I bought a I, I bought a, um, a thing. It's called um, an icicle. Oh. And it's it's an addition onto um, it's an addition onto uh, the mic. Like oh. you can do a, a microphone uh, thing, and then it, it, it enhances your audio quality. Oh, see, I used to use the uh, recording software that came with Skype, and then one time we recorded an interview on the football podcast, and I went back and said the file was there, and there was nothing there. So now I just stick, oh. the, mic- stick the microphone in front of the speaker, and away we go. <laughs> Shrewd, just because that's the worst to have done something and then lose it? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I had to, like, uh, schedule an interview really quickly with somebody else and interview the next guy the following week. Oh, my goodness. And it was a great interview, too. So we missed uh, a lot of good stuff. But, wow. Yeah, that's the, uh, the the wonderful world of podcasting. I know it. Let's talk about podcasting for Let's, an hour. Exactly. Awesome. There we go. Yeah, in fact, uh, well, first of all, if uh, this is the third conversation I've had with Jackie now uh, for City, twice for City Pages. I don't think ever for City Beat in Cincinnati. But, no, this um, is the first time I'm playing Cincinnati. Yeah, and if you want to know uh, Jackie's story, I would the first thing I'd recommend is go to Mark Marin's podcast and listen to the episode with Jackie. 130s, I think. I'm episode 130-something. Yeah, because yeah, Mark knows how to dissect the psyche of today's stand-up comedian, and it is a fascinating <laughs> story. Let's, suffice to say, interesting family background there in Wisconsin. Yes, uh, and and Mark Marin is the best as far as going. Hey, let's open a vein. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm and I'm on and and comics are very much. If you're opening a vein, I'm gonna open a vein. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. exactly. Well, basically, uh, folks divorced. Mom passed away after uh, wacky brothers that most of whom you still talk to. Do you have a sister too, or is it just brothers? I do. I okay. do. I have a sister. Okay. Uh, she is never as fascinating as my brothers for some reason. Okay. Uh, She's trying to keep a low profile. <laughs> well, back to the podcasting, though. Now, uh, the first thing I discovered with the first time we ever spoke was you actually have been doing this, I think, longer than anybody I know, maybe even longer than Pardo. You started out on uh, with the old blog talk radio. The old blog talk. I'd started, I thought it was 2005, but I looked back on the blog talk, and it's 2006, so I think Pardo's been doing it longer. Um, let me think. No, it, maybe it's about the same time, but you were right there at the at the forefront. I was, and yeah. I was weird about the the podcasting because I heard about it at an open mic here in Los Angeles. Some guy was like, you know, you can just do this thing where they record a conference call. And I was like, what, for free? And he said, well, it costs you the phone call. And I was like, well, I have a dollar, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, 
So I just started doing it. And then my buddy Joe Wilson, who was my co-host for like two, two and a half years, until he started doing, he wanted to do more video. And he just did a video series called Vampire Mob. Have you, did you ever get to see Vampire Mob? No, I haven't. It's essentially, it's, it's about a, um, a hitman who's a vampire. Oh, wow. Who, and it's sort of, it's like The Sopranos meets Twilight. Except for that it's funnier than Twilight. And uh, it's essentially, and it's got like a bunch of really, because he lives in L.A. as well, he's got actors. Like real, oh, like yeah. CSI and Marsha Wallace. Essentially, the, the, the hitman bites his wife because <laughs> he's in love and they want to live together. And then she bites her mother. And then it's wacky. Then it becomes wacky because uh, the, the, the mother-in-law moves in. We will post a link to this on the Podbean page, indeed. Um, yeah, the vampire mob, whatever. The, the thing I was thinking about with the podcasting is, you know, of course, a lot of comedians uh, have podcasts now. And indeed, uh, our friend Adam Spiegelman, yes. who I've never spoken to, but he's my friend because he suggested my podcast, along with yours back in November on his, uh, on his page. Oh. It was me, you, and uh, Caleb Bacon's podcast for the pick of the week. Uh, back in oh, nice. mid-November. Oh, I put that all over the place. I'm surprised you didn't see it in, in the Facebook, man. I was <laughs> yeah, but, he's, uh, he's a friend of the show. He's a good egg. That yeah, guy. he's been on your show, and uh, I just heard him on Comedy and Everything Else, Jimmy Dore's podcast. Okay. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but I realized that, um, I guess a lot of comedians do podcasts, and then I know uh, I do a lot of open mics. I consider myself more of a, if I could do a Mark Marin at this point to talk about me. <laughs> sure. I'm more of a comedian <laughs> that does, a, a podcaster, I think, that does open mics, whereas a lot of comedians, you know, are comedians who do podcasts. But my point uh, on yours is, you're actually, yours is actually about something that you're interested in. It isn't, you know, it is also funny, but I think what's what makes the Dork Forest so great is that it comes from a real place. It's a real interest of yours. Perhaps you can explain how you came about developing the show you developed. Oh, right. Well, the thing about the Dork Forest is that I did a joke many years ago, and it's on my half-hour special on Comedy Central, and so you can watch it on Comedy Central's website. Um, but the, the joke is about the dork forest it's of uh how deep you have to go into the dork forest to get past to get to like because i'm willing to hang out with almost anyone so if i'm in the dork because and i live essentially in the dork forest where because i'm a giant dork <laughs> uh so i'm willing to hang out with almost anyone but there are there are parts of the dork forest that i am unwilling to enter into and the only place that i was my example was uh war reenactment guys that's right i remember that right and and it's and it's very specific because I used to hang out with a lot more war reenactment guys, because I'm willing to <laughs> I'm willing to hang out with anyone. And then so when the podcast started, I was like, well, let's talk about what people really do like. And it does it can get comic book, video game, science fiction heavy. Yeah. But it can also get super obscure, with you know stuff like the guy who really liked Viewmasters. Oh, there like you the go, photography yeah. guy. Yeah. And, um, and I just did, and then I started doing some dork expeditions where I would take the, and I did one video one with Joe Wilson, the vampire mob guy, but, um, and I would love to do more video, but video is a little bit harder. Like, like the audio is so, so much easier. Yeah. So I, um, so what I do is I just take my handheld audio device and I go to wherever, like I did one at a, a coffee importer, this guy that I knew was is really into co- and knows more about coffee than anyone I've ever met and then and then I did a perfume one cuz people have come out of the woodwork where they're like I'm I'm a huge dork and then I just did one a train 
where a guy was really into model trains at um, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, yeah. And I just had a woman email me from Minneapolis, and she said, hey, my husband takes care of the turf at the Twins Stadium where the Twins play, and we're huge turf dorks. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't even know what that means, but sure. Sounds I'm fascinating. Fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I think if everybody looks at themselves, there's there's probably some level of dork. I mean, yeah, you think the immediate thing that the people think uh, is probably, oh, you know, science fiction or comic books, maybe sports. But uh, yeah, right. there's all kinds of things that, that folks are uh, are into. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's interesting what people like Michelle McNamara was on and she's genuinely into true crime. And so she has a she has a website called truecrimediary.com and it is she takes cold cases and does talk about detective work. She's she's gone so far into some of these cold cases that the police have called her. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's how cool. much like she is giant sleuth. She is the modern day Sherlock Holmes and she is a very good detective and has found out stuff. She cre- creeped the heck out of me. Just because I don't know anything. True crime, successfully you've scared me. Especially yeah. unsolved. Oh, yeah, yeah. That freaks me out. Yeah, she's way into it. Feel free to cherry pick, by the way. I mean, there's 91 episodes of the new version, the pre-recorded, that are easy. And if you go to my Tumblr blog, there's the top uh, 10 that everybody voted for this year. And then okay. I picked 10 that were my personal favorites. And then there's another 10 that I picked because I thought that they were the most representative of dorkdoms, like the most obsessive. Cool. So where does your dorkdom lie? See, I'm a bit of a dork chameleon, which is why I'm, you know, like I'll do whatever you want to do unless it's scary. Okay. Uh, or athletic because I don't accelerate well. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, uh, like, like, cause I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm a big reader, and I will read almost anything except for horror. But I mean, I seriously, people give me mysteries and science fiction and fantasy, and I read nonfiction and I read literature and I read romance novels. I'll read whatever you got. Hmm. I've read some poorly written prose. I'm not going to hide it from you. <laughs> and <laughs> and you married into the comic book thing. I understand. I married into the comic book collection, and that has a little bit taken over our lives. Because we get about 40 titles a month. Wow. It's a lot of comic books. Yeah, see, I know people and, that do that. I just, I've never been able to get, you know, get my head around that. In fact, the, a guy that's on our podcast occasionally, comedian Jim Luger's up there in Indianapolis, big comic okay. book guy. And uh, he does announcing on my other podcast and uh, never, I could never get into it. And he was always so, you know, we used to work at a store together where we, uh, Sam Goody, that also was a huge Sam Goody, had also sold comic books. And he was okay. always so excited when the new comic books came in. I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, I think um, it's, you have to be led. It's much like racism in <laughs> South Pacific. You have to be carefully taught. <laughs> and uh, it is, it's something like when I got into it, Andy, my husband, would hand me, he's like, try this. And it was very much a, the first one's free, let's try this <laughs> gateway drug. And, um, like, I just I just recorded an episode yesterday with um, Rose Abdu and John Matta. Rose Abdu, I don't know if you ever watched the Gilmore Girls? Yeah, years ago. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. Okay, she played Gypsy, the auto mechanic? Yeah, yeah. And she's she's a working actress, so she's very and her dorkdom. Oh my God, she <laughs> makes 
quarter-sized clay figurines of food. Oh, wow. Like detailed... Huh. It's like illuminated oh, manuscripts. Yeah. My wife loves that too. She loves miniature miniature and animated food. <laughs> yep. It's uh I think it's a diet aid. <laughs> Cuz you're not eating, you're creating food out of clay. Wow. And it was amazing. But she uh she she was talking about it cuz John's a big comic book guy and she's like I can't get into the superhero stuff and there but there's a lot of like noir there's a lot of mysteries and and then there's horror as well that I don't read a lot of and then but there's superhero stuff and then there's slice of life stuff like there's a thing called Persepolis which is an autobiography of this woman from Iran and and it's essentially her life growing up in Iran done in a graphic novel and that might be something and then there's anthropomorphic stuff like the pride of Baghdad which is sort of based on a true story of the the zoo in Baghdad, when the United States invaded Baghdad, um, oh, yeah, the zoo was broken into. Yeah. Yeah, and so what they do is they, they tell it from, like, the lion's point of view. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the format because I grew up reading uh, Mad Magazine and Crack Magazine. So it's not a, a format thing, I guess, because I just I, – it just seems like a commitment once you get into, uh, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 much like playing World of Warcraft or Sky or trying to get into one of those big video games like Skyrim. I can't do it just because it's productivity down. Productivity down. <laughs> if I, <laughs> I've got a guest suggestion for you, by the way. If she ever comes to Los Angeles, this young lady named Lights. She's a uh, kind of a synth pop singer from Canada. Yeah. She is just a doll, friend of the podcast, and okay. uh, she's really into the. Uh, I think it's World of Warcraft. She's into the whatever one you play online, and she even has a song about it on her first album. And uh, she's this really pretty girl that you think nerds must just be in love with her because she's just this pretty little Canadian girl, and she mm -hmm. loves video games. <laughs> yep. It's, it, there's a brave new world of, of women who are into video games. And, yeah. And everybody's really embracing, like, their inner dork nerd geek thing. And it, it makes it that much more annoying to me when people make fun of it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because you're like, it's fine if you make fun of it if the character, like... I don't know if you ever watched The Big Bang. Yes, I could go on for hours about The Big Bang. Because The Big Bang Theory, I have a hard time with it. Yeah, yeah. Because those guys are not happy in their dorkdom, you yeah. know? Well, no, here's the thing. If, I, I've always said you could remove any of those characters from that show, and it's the same show, except for Sheldon. It really is the Sheldon show. Yeah. And he's happy in his dorkdom. He revels in it. Where, yeah, you're right, the other three... Uh, you know, are, are being mocked. They're being by mocked, the and they're really watered down. Yeah, and while I enjoy, you know, my uh, my nephew-in-law was saying, "Oh, it's, it's just a bunch of stock." You know, Star Trek's uh, geeks like Star Trek. Let's make fun of that. Well, well, that is true. I do enjoy the fact that I get the Star Trek jokes because I'm of that generation. Yeah. So yes. I do appreciate in the Battlestar Galactica jokes and all those old, you know, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea jokes or when they throw those <laughs> in. A I get all those, so I'm happy with. I don't have the problem with that. But yeah, I think the whole show is built on Sheldon. And everybody else is just kind of like his foil, which I guess is okay. But it could it's be just fine. A, it could yeah, it could be a much better show if it's not if it's if he leaves the show, it's done. But if right. the other three guys leave the, the show, show, so what? Which show? Uh, the It show, the mm -hmm. IT show from out of Britain that it's based on. No, I've never seen that. Oh, it's uh, it's much better. Well, I'm it's a huge Anglophile. I got to check that out. Oh, good, good, cool. And uh, and have you read Ready Player One by Ernie Klein? No, I haven't. Oh, Ready Player One is essentially the hunger game for 40-year-old nerds. 
It's so awesome. He's he it's he's in the next episode actually, The Dork Forest, which okay. comes out tomorrow. Oh yeah. great. Super. Well, uh, let's talk about what you're talking about on stage these days. What's uh Here's what's happening. What's happening? Uh, <laughs> my family continues to be hilarious, and uh, my father likes to say things like, "How come you don't talk about your brothers and your sister more often?" And I was like, "Cause you keep opening your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you keep saying things that are hilarious, and I have to repeat them to the pu- to the public." My dad's a character. He is a character. He's a piece of work. My dad um, has my my favorite story about my dad right now is because he's very dapper. My dad. Uh, we are Armenian. Uh, we've melted because we're from Wisconsin. There you go. So the melting pot has has all worked like out a, for him. But like, he is like still a fine very, cheddar. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he is a, and he is a, he's a, he's great. Um, but and he's a very very handsome man. He's very dapper. Seventy four years old, has been working the senior discount since he's been forty, <laughs> and has recently. You know, he's asked for the senior discount his entire life. Now that he's seventy four desperately wants to be carded all the time oh yeah no way are you 74 <laughs> you are a, you are a very good looking 49 year old man <laughs> it turns out he's 74 so i'm home last summer and i said dad do you want to have coffee before i leave town tomorrow and he goes yeah yeah let's meet at a very nice mcdonald's on 76th and blue mound road and i said a mcdonald's dad i have six dollars um <laughs> Let's go to a diner and sit down like Christians and have them bring us coffee over and over again. And he goes, no, no, we got to go to this McDonald's because they card me there for the senior discount for the (laughs) senior coffee. And I show up and my dad is wearing what can only be referred to as like Midwestern chic. He's wearing a denim dress shirt that he's cut the sleeves off of. He's wearing a pair of jean shorts that he made himself too high. Daisy Dukes. You can see the pockets. And... I'm like, Dad, where have you been in this outfit? And he goes, what? I was fishing. And I said, for men? <laughs> and he's just he's just a character, man. He's awesome. And then my, my husband, my husband is, um, I'm essentially doing a lot of analysis into, because I've never had a boyfriend before, and I, I got married like five years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. And I never had a boyfriend, and I never had a relationship before this one. And I'm 45 years old. And it's what I would do is I would I just did stand up. That's all I did. I would just go, I would go do stand up, and then I would meet a nice fella, and then uh, nature would take its course, and yeah. I felt pretty. Yeah. No, yeah. but uh, so it was that. But the thing is, is so I'm examining what I know about relationships. I'm doing a lot of that kind of thing about how everything I know about relationships I learned from male comics. Uh, oh and, yeah, yeah, and, that's right. And the jokes that they would do about their wives and their girlfriends. And those jokes are sometimes incredibly stereotypical. And I'd be like, no way is that true. Why do they keep talking about that? And sometimes, and they continue to sort of be true. And then there's things that I was warned about in the material that they would do. Like there's three main jokes that guys will tell about their wives. And sometimes they're funny and sometimes they are not. But they're the same three jokes. And they are, once you get married, women stop having sex with you. It's way close, man. Sorry. Uh, second joke. Once you get married, women spend all your money. It's way go, man. Sorry. And the third <laughs> one is bitches, man. They're all bitches. So I have spent the last five years of my life making sure none of those are true. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I've, I mean, those, that's my, my bar. I'm making sure everybody happy in the sack. <laughs> everybody having a good time in the sack. Make sure I don't spend all of his money. Don't hemorrhage his money. And uh, the third one was um, 
if I have a negative emotion, I like to stuff it. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> that's never going to backfire. <laughs> but so, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. I'm, I'm talking a lot about um, where I'm just trying to examine what, because I don't know anything about being in a relationship, you know? Yeah, like you said, you've, it, but it seems to have worked out pretty well for you. I mean, you've, you know, it, uh, it seems you've and Andy have been together a while from. Yep. So. Yeah, like eight years now. It's working out. Got the place in yep. Van Nuys. It's, you know, got the comic books coming to the door every day. So. Pretty sweet. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's actually, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's almost like, it, and it's because he's very funny because he's like, it's kind of great that you've never been in a relationship because you have no expectations of me. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> I have expectations. And he goes, yeah. What are your expectations? And I go, well, I expect you to be nice and polite. And if we ever lived together, that you would keep the common areas clean and that you would do your half of the chores. And he goes, yeah, those are roommate expectations. <laughs> uh, those are boyfriend expectations. And I said, well, what are boyfriend expectations? And he goes, you don't need to know. Huh. <laughs> so... And then he did the Obi-Wan thing where he moved his hand. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Those are not the droids I'm looking for. And he is correct. Like It isn't broken. So, I mean, yeah. having a, having it's essentially being married is like a roommate with benefits as far as I can tell. Oh, there it's you go. Aw- yeah. It's pretty awesome. Hmm. Not, not I sure like I'd, I'd completely agree with that, but if that's working out for you, I have more power to you. Um, you. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you very much, ma'am, for being on the show. And... Uh, and uh, we'll we'll come check you out in Cincinnati and folks around the country. We'll have links all over all the stuff we, we discussed here. Uh, links to the Dork Forest, uh, where you can see Jackie live if you're not in Minneapolis or Cincinnati. And uh, everyone can enjoy. All right. All right. Take thank care. you, ma'am. All right. Bye-bye. And thanks again to Jackie Cation for being on PS Tape Recorder. Got just enough time to tell you to like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Jackie Cation will be at the Funny Bone on the Levee in Newport, Kentucky, right across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio, January 12th through January 15th. And she'll be in Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Club, January 24th through January 28th. I will be at Mugby's on Beachmont Avenue in Cincinnati, Tuesday, January 10th, doing PF Trivia Live. And I think that's about it. Uh, logo by Dan Coble. Follow him on Twitter at TigerDactyl. And uh, that's it. I got to run. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next time.